Well, good morning. I'm Trevor, and here comes one more in a series of sermons on Hebrews. Faith? Faith? Or faith? Well, this was getting a bit of a trouble yesterday, and didn't work. What is faith? Well, you were all standing up a few minutes ago, and then you all sat down. I wonder if you had to look behind you to make sure there was a seat to sit on. Probably not, because it was there when you stood up, and a hundred kilos of solid cedar doesn't go very far in a couple of minutes, and a lot of urging. You had a bit of faith there, and there are so many different ways in which we express faith in our daily lives, from so many different things that we do, because of experience. It happened before. And we believe, quite firmly, that the same thing is going to happen again. That's one way we have faith. As a scientist, my natural inclination and training has been to have faith in evidence. My whole working life has been spent gathering evidence. And I believe firmly that the evidence that I've found would lead to certain outcomes in the general health of the people that we were looking after. Experience. We can see, we can believe, because we know that things have happened before. We've experienced them. Well, back in the early 1950s, Bill Haley and his comets, I don't know if anybody remembers them, introduced the world to a new phenomenon called rock and roll as they rocked around the clock and became a very popular form of music. And yet, around that same time, another song rose to prominence and shot right up the charts. And it wasn't a rock song. It was a song about, would you believe it, about faith. A song about faith in the top of the charts. It began... I believe for every drop of rain that falls, a flower grows. Oh, doesn't that sound great? What a great thing to have faith in. I can just imagine the songwriter standing out in the rain with a couple of clickers in his hand, counting raindrops, flowers. Oh, they match. Or was it just wishful thinking, unbridled optimism? Well, some people think that that's what Christian faith is about. It's just unbridled optimism. It's just wishful thinking. Oh, how we'd love that to happen. Well, we turn now to what is probably the most comprehensive passage on faith in the scriptures. What sort of faith does it tell us about? So let's ask God to help us to see the answer to that question. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the scriptures that you give us and we thank you for this passage that we're about to look through today. We pray that you'll open our hearts and minds to hear what you have to say to us and encourage us in our faith. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well this this is sermon number nine over the last four years, almost four years in Hebrews and so far what have we seen? We've seen that God is a communicator that he speaks to his people and that he has spoken in many different ways 
and he has spoken his final word through his son, Jesus. We've been encouraged to listen to that word. We've been encouraged to avoid drifting away from it or being distracted from it. We've been shown how Jesus fulfills all the Old Testament expectations of the great high priest, but also the perfect offering for sin, one which gives lasting forgiveness. And we've been encouraged to persevere in the faith that we see in him. So, our last sermon in this series ended at the end of chapter 10 with these words. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay, and my righteous ones will live by faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. We are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Well, I can imagine that having written that, our writer might have gone on to say, therefore, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Makes sense? But that's chapter 12. What happened to chapter 11? Well, in between those two verses, our writer throws in 40 verses of digression, examples, examples of faith as he looks back through the history of Israel to see how faith has worked out in the lives of God's people. So we read in chapter 11, something of a definition. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. The great 18th century Bible commentator Matthew Henry wrote, Faith demonstrates to the eye of the mind the reality of those things that cannot be discerned by the eye of the body. It is something which we see in our mind, even though we may not see it in our physical body. And so our writer goes on, Through their faith the people in days of old earned a good reputation. The evidence is that faith is a characteristic of God's people. All through the scriptures we see examples of faith. By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. We understand what God has done through faith. And he goes on from there to list 18 faithful men and women who have been recognised through the scriptures as people of faith, 18 individuals and 12 groups of people in these following verses. We start almost at the very beginning with Adam's second son, Abel. We don't know very much about Abel. We know he was a shepherd and we know that he made an offering to God. We know that he had a brother, Cain, who also made an offering to God and his job was an arable farmer. He grew crops and he brought some of his crops to God and they both offered their offering to God. But it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. 
Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. We're not told exactly what was wrong with Cain's offering, but it would seem from the fact that his response was to murder his brother, that it was his whole attitude of mind, his whole approach to bringing his gift to God that was at fault. Whereas Abel brought his gift from a basis of faith. The evidence of Abel's faith is the fact that he was accepted by God. His offering was received. And of course Abel's long dead, but he still speaks to us by his example of faith. But what do you know about Enoch? Probably not very much. I guess nobody knows very much about Enoch. He appears a few times in the scriptures, but we're not told a great deal about him. Back in Genesis 5, we read that Enoch lived 365 years, walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day, he disappeared, because God took him. And as we continue in Hebrews, we read it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. One of the only two people in the record who actually did not die. The other one was Elijah. The evidence of his faith? Well, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So Enoch pleased God, and that showed the faith that he had in him. Then we come on to another well-known character. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. He was one crazy fellow, wasn't he, Noah? He suddenly decides to build a large boat. Did I say large? According to Wikipedia, the largest ship ever built, the largest wooden ship ever built, was just over a hundred years ago after about 5,000 years of history of boat building and it would have fitted into that orange rectangle. Noah's large boat would have fitted into the yellow rectangle. It was one large boat. If I decided to go into boat building, I think I would have started with something small and made sure that it floated first and that it was seaworthy. There are a few interesting statistics on this boat. The ratio of length to width, 6 to 1, is the most stable one that is known and it's still used in shipbuilding today. It would have been able to carry 20,000 tonnes of cargo and all the animals would have taken up less than half the space, leaving plenty of room for fodder. It was a perfect design. It was built exactly for what was needed. How did Noah know that? How would anybody have known that back then? Well, Noah took God at his word. God gave him the instructions 
Noah followed them and his faith was quite evident. We read on to the story of Abraham. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. God said to Abraham, leave your home, go to a land which I will give you. And when he got there, he didn't actually get it, but he lived there in faith. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. So Abram departed as... the Lord reckoned it to ah, counted him as righteous there we are thanks Jody <clears throat> well all these people died still believing what God had promised them they did not receive what was promised but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it they agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth obviously people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own if they had longed for the country, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. It was by faith that Isaac promised blessings for the future to his sons, Jacob and Esau. It was a custom in those days that the firstborn son would receive a double blessing from his father. And Jacob's, uh, sorry, Isaac's elder son was Esau. His younger son was Jacob. They were actually twins, but Jacob was the younger of the two. And Esau should have been the one who received the double blessing. But God guided him to do something different. And it was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. 
Jacob had 12 sons. Number 11 was Joseph, and Joseph had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. But he showed his faith by following God's guidance, defying the custom of the day, and blessing not the firstborn son, but the son that was to be the inheritor of God's promise. Then we move on to Joseph. It was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. He even commanded them to take his bones with them when they left. You remember that Joseph took his family into Egypt to escape the famine that was in the whole general world at that time. And Jacob, his father, moved to Egypt. When Jacob died... He was taken back, his body was taken back into Canaan to the one and only scrap of land that actually belonged to Israel, which Abraham had purchased from a Hittite in order to bury his wife Sarah. And Jacob was taken back to be buried in the land of promise. But Joseph said, don't take me back there, take me back when you all go back when the whole of Israel receives this promise that God has given of the promised land. The evidence of Joseph's faith here is the certainty that he had that God would fulfil his promise of a land for his people.
refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. What was the reason why Rahab appears in this list of people of faith? Because she recognised from all the reports that had been coming back over the past 40 years about Israel and their progress from Egypt through the wilderness and finally crossing over into her land, she recognised that this nation was being led by the greatest of gods. She had a true fear of the living God, of Israel's God, and recognised that the gods that her people worshipped were helpless in front of him. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel and all the prophets. There are so many people who could have been listed, who could have been described in this account. But the evidence of their faith comes in so many different ways. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of Yahweh came on the prophets and gave them the strength and wisdom to follow his leading. David showed his faith in his humility before God, his repentance, his conviction of God's faithfulness. Samuel, the prophet and judge, was dedicated to God as a small boy and lived his entire life in faithful service to God. They were people of great faith. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions. Remember Daniel? Daniel worshipped God. He worshipped God every day. He prayed to God several times every day. And then the king issued a law that said, you can't pray to God for a month. You've just got to pray to me. Daniel wouldn't listen. And as a result, he was thrown into that den of lions. As he was thrown into the den of lions, the lions said, Hello, Dan, what are you doing here? Come and have a seat and we'll look after you. Nothing happened. He survived being thrown into this den of lions. He was given God's protection, which demonstrated the faith that he had shown in God. Quench the flames of fire. Well, you remember too, I'm sure, the stories of Daniel's compatriots, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who refused to worship an idol that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And as a result, they suffered the punishment of being thrown into a fire, which didn't touch them, didn't hurt them, because God had protected them. The evidence of their faith, that they rejected idolatry, they rejected the challenge and the temptation to worship this idol. Some escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. Two prophets, Elijah and Elijah, Elijah, Elijah and Elisha, both had connections with two women whose sons died and both were raised again to life again through faith. But 
But is a very small word, isn't it? But it can have some very big consequences. So far, in this list, we've seen so many things happening that were good. It was almost like every drop of rain that falls, a flower grows, wasn't it? So good. All these people survived because of their faith. But others were tortured. Refusing to turn from God in order to be set free, they placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. They had faith in God because they trusted in the resurrection. Some were jeered about that and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Jesus in Luke chapter 11 mentions Zechariah who was killed in the temple courts by stoning. Others were stoned to death. Jeremiah according to Jewish tradition, was stoned to death. Some were sawed in half. And again, Jewish tradition says that that was the fate of the prophet uh, Isaiah. Others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing the skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. And we read so many examples again in the scriptures of people who suffered for their faith, but there was a big gap between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament, 400 years, in which the people of Israel also suffered greatly by oppression from enemies. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground, which is how many of those people in that intertestament period suffered by trying to escape from the persecution that they suffered. Christians were persecuted, Israelites were persecuted, Christians are still persecuted today. It's been said that in the last century there's been more persecution of Christians than in the previous history. We suffer as a result of persecution. It may not affect us directly, personally, but it happens to so many people around the world and John mentioned some in his prayers this, this morning. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us, so that they would not reach perfection without us. Well, what a list. And what's the point of it? The point, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, to the life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. This author's gallery of heroes trusted without seeing. We have so much more. God has fulfilled so many of the promises to the people of old in Jesus. Promises to which they could only look forward our forgiveness in Jesus is guaranteed. Our assurance of salvation is guaranteed. The devil is defeated. Christian faith, it's not wishful thinking. It's grounded in the faithfulness of God. It's evidenced through God's working through millennia with his people. And we experience it today. Yet like the heroes of faith in our passage before us today, 
we still wait for that final curtain for Jesus' return. We look back at so many great examples of the people of faith. We too can have confidence in God's promises and act upon them. And let us run with endurance the faith that God has set before us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we do not have to rely on wishful thinking, but we can see your workings in the lives of your people throughout the history of your people. And we pray, Lord, that we might show in our lives the same sort of faith that your servants have shown in the past, that we might trust you and that we might live our lives to glorify your name. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.